You are listening to the Willpower Podcast. Welcome to the show. I am Will Holdren, and I talk with some of the most influential CEOs, entrepreneurial leaders, and thought leaders to try and reveal the secrets that has led to their success. I believe that with the right knowledge and mindset, you can do anything you set your mind to. So if you want to learn how to change your life for the better, if you want to learn how millionaires actually became wealthy, or if you want to develop and start your own business from the ground up with the right knowledge to help you, then you are in the right place because this is the Willpower Podcast. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, if you have enjoyed an episode, then please, please open up Apple Podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And if you think we deserve it, scroll to the bottom, select write a review, and leave us a five-star rating with a review that states where you are from and one aspect of the show that you love. Once you do that, send me a screenshot and I will feature you on a future show and shout you out on my Instagram that has over 10,000 followers. Now let's get to the show with our newest guest. How's it going, everyone? My name is Will Holdren, and I am the host of the Willpower Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, and her name is Jill Biggs. And Jill actually runs the number one Caldwell Banker team in New Jersey, and they're actually recognized as one of the top 250 teams nationwide, which is quite the accomplishment. So, Jill, thank you so much for joining me today. Nice to meet you. Awesome. Nice to meet you as well. I'm super excited for this interview. I've heard a lot about you and what your, what your team has done, so I'm super excited for this. And so to start off, I kind of want to ask you about your childhood. So what was your childhood like and how has that helped turn you into who you are today? Um, ooh, what was my childhood like? <laughs> um, well, so I love my mom, um, but I do come from a, a divorced mother who raised two children and she had found a long red fingernail in my father's sock when he was traveling. And that sounds really terrible. Um, she was six months pregnant with me, so I'm not really scarred from it. I just kind of grew up with my mom. But um, I, you know, it was a totally different time. Not like when you grew up, because my assumption is you're a millennial. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right yeah. I, I have a lot of millennials at home. But gotcha. when I was young, your your mother said, okay, go out and play and come back at six o'clock at night. And gotcha. um, so it was a little bit different. I've had jobs from the age of 13. Because wow. um, if I wanted things, I needed to earn money. And let's see, I left home at 17 um, and never went back. Uh, I put myself through school and I was a bartender in New York City which it was the 80s and you probably don't know too much about the 80s but it was uh fun right fun fun is good and as a bartender you're used to dealing with people happy people drunk people belligerent people and so i think that that makes uh that makes me good at what i do right because i'm good at telling people what to do in a nice way for sure and um but also straightening straightening them out, right? Because there's nothing like drunk, not happy people. <laughs> Needless to say, uh, that you really got a lot of my childhood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that. Definitely a different perspective. And I love your hard work ethic, especially at age 13, having to do different jobs. You, like you said, you kind of put yourself through school, having to do things on your own. And so when you left your house at 17, did you finish high school on your own? Oh, yeah. 
No, no, no. I didn't have a horrible life. Like, that. Okay. let me go back just so you. I, I, I grew up in Scarsdale in Westchester, so not really suffering. It's just right. I, I had a series of jobs, and um, it just was work ethic, right? So I always had a job. I went when I left home. You know, it was a normal thing. It wasn't like they threw me out. It was like I graduated high school and I uh, and I went to college. I started out at American University in D.C. and I didn't really love it there. And then I went to Arizona State, which is like the number one party school in the, you know, and I, I really think it is the number one party school in the country. Back then, it might have been number two party school. And I bartended through school and then I came back to New York City and I was a I got a real job where I worked for three months, um, three, three entire months as a regular person and in the Empire State Building. And I got paid, I don't know, back then, something like $300 a week. So I went from being a bartender making like $2,000 a week to being uh, working for a sweater manufacturer. So I kind of did that. And I was like, why am I doing this? I don't even like this job. So I went back to bartending. So I did that for a bit more and uh, I decided, I think at the age of 25, that at a certain point you can only be a bartender in those nightclubs until a certain age. So I decided I'd be a restaurant manager because obviously I'm in the restaurant industry. And then I did that for a while and I had a baby when I was 27. And I think I brought her to the bar uh, at, at age uh, three days, right? And that lasted a few months because my husband had to stay home and, uh, and with the screaming baby while I was working. And so he was like, this isn't going to work out. And he gave me some money because he was entrepreneurial. Even ba back then, I was not. But he said, go start a business. So I don't know anything about business. I only know about bartending or, or managing restaurants. So right. I... I decided what a great idea i'll open a children's store no no reason behind that except that i'm a very good shopper and i have a child and i think shopping children this will be great so i opened this children's store and i did that for like 10 years in in hoboken which hoboken's one square mile and then i my husband and i had this bright idea that if uh if we weren't super wealthy we were going to go and pick the most beautiful place that we had ever been and moved there. So we decided we'd go to Maui. So I sold my business. He packed up all of his stuff because he was making furniture and cabinets. And I moved to Maui where I lasted a total of nine months. And um, I moved six times in nine months. And wow. it was interesting. On vacation, I loved Maui. And, but living there was, <laughs> there were no people like me because I'm a workaholic. And people are like, why do today when I can put off until tomorrow? So I went to the beach. Like I decided, oh, my God, I hate the beach. So thankfully, I didn't um, sell my apartment in Hoboken. I came back, took my apartment back, and I was unemployed. I was unemployed. And at this point now, I had uh, four kids. So wow. four kids, unemployed, and I needed a job. And that sums up so no miserable horrible childhood just That's kind it. of you know it was normal to be working and That's you know i just kind of fell into doing one thing and then i became a realtor because 
well, I didn't have a job. My skill set is that I like people. Right. And, you know, and I had been doing sales, right? Because having a children's store, you're selling things. And I like decorating, right? I spent a huge amount of my time redoing my store all the time and doing displays and doing windows and that kind of is like houses. And then I had a friend of mine who I sent to real estate school who had moved into my house and he became a realtor and he was having a good time. And I thought I should do that. So I got a license and I had a database of 7,000 women that had shopped in my store in Hoboken for, you know, for years. So I used that database and I reached out to those women and they liked me because I'd been dressing their, their kids. And so they gave me their, their buildings and I kind of segued into real estate. Wow. That is cool. I just told you my entire life story. No, I love it. I love your decision-making process too. Like I want to make it, I want to have a children's store. So I'm going to have a children's store. I'm going to move to Maui. So I'm going to move to Maui. So I love that aspect of it. But just like you're talking about, everything you're doing does really lead up to real estate. You know, the bartending is really, you know, helps you deal with people, especially when they're at the worst, like when they're drunk and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, and real estate is definitely a people's business. So, um, that's pretty cool. And so I'm kind of curious, like your first year as a realtor, like, did it go pretty well? I know you said you got your leads from, you know, all those women that were shopping your store. Like, did it go as well as you thought as, as you thought it was going to go? So no matter what happens with real estate, people, unless you've been a realtor, you don't really realize what actually being a realtor means. People think that you get your license, you show houses and people buy them. But that actually doesn't really happen. In the beginning, you show houses and a lot of them, right? Because you are going to succeed. And you take people out and you show them, you know, 80 houses and they don't buy anything. And then they go out with somebody else and they buy the next thing and you don't get paid. So you're, there's a learning curve. For me, because I used that, those, those women that knew me, um, they were forced to work with me, right? Because they liked me. And, and also I've been selling for so long that it was a little bit different. My first, uh, my first sale was one of my oldest best friends and she didn't want to use me, but she had no choice, right? And I sold her a house and then it just kind of, you know, went on. And I'm, I'm fairly direct and energetic so i put a lot of oomph behind it so it's like i learned a lot of lessons i still learn something new every day and i think uh i think the biggest thing if you're if anyone's becoming a realtor is you have to realize that there is a learning curve i don't care what you did before because a lot of my group has sales experience They've worked on Wall Street. They're they're like people with jobs. So it's just there's a certain art to being able to listen. Like you have to listen to people if you want to find them a house. And, right. you know, because everybody's different. What And it, it can't be kind of about what you like because you might like one thing, but they like something else. And so, you know, when I started my children's store, I came from living in the East Village. So the whole uh, inventory was black because I thought all babies should wear black until I learned that people dress their children in pink and blue. 
So that was a learning curve. It's kind of like anything right. else. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's super interesting you brought that up because I actually just got my real estate license as well. So I'm technically a realtor as well. And like, I'm going through everything you're, you're talking That's, about. Like, it's such no, a huge Nobody told me thing. that you were a realtor. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just got my license like two months ago. So I'm kind of brand new, but I love everything you're talking about because it's like something I'm going through. I can experience everything firsthand, like how like difficult it is just like get started even in it. Um, so from your perspective, from your perspective, like how has your mindset kind of shifted from when you first started to kind of like where you are at now, knowing all the lessons that you've learned and everything that you've been through? Ooh, how is my mind shit? Uh, well, I will say this. If you do real estate at, at when you're doing it at a high level, right. And you have multiple deals in play and there's a lot going on. A lot of what I do is actually deal doctoring and fixing things. And so I have no short-term memory left whatsoever. So when I pop up in the morning, I don't remember I'm upset, right? And I feel great. And then about by four or five o'clock at night, I'm like beaten down because I've just spent the entire day trying to fix things. And mindset, like everything is about mindset, right? The, the, The truth is, is that I think the number one thing that I, I can offer you, right, as, as a new realtor, is you, you, you got to stick with it. You got to have a, a daily schedule, because if it's not in your schedule, it doesn't happen. And, you know, and, that, and that's tricky, because the reason that people become realtors is because they think, oh, this is flexible. It's only flexible if you want to be poor. So, you know, yeah, it's tricky. It's like you need to have you can't do it part time and you may very well start part time. But for me, I don't hire anyone who's part time because if you're part time, when are we training you? Right. The time that training is happening is during the day and the time that people are free is late in, you know, after work. So where are you learning? So it's kind of like. It's hard. That's that's why you see so many women realtors because, well, and maybe this isn't even relevant anymore, but when I was younger and you did have women that stayed home sometimes with their children, right? Their children got a little bigger and they had time and their husband was working and making money. So they had the, you know, the time to go and and invested in doing it. Now it's it's tough. Right. But for people that really like it, like it's, you know, I mean, I love real estate. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting to me. You brought up the whole part-time and full-time thing as well, because I've interviewed a lot of real estate people and a lot of them are saying the same thing as well. Like when you're doing it part-time, you don't really take it that seriously. <clears throat> and most of the time you don't really get the results that you want, but as soon as you switch to full-time and your back is kind of like against the wall, you really only have, you have like, you have to be successful else so you're not going to put food on the table kind of thing. So like once you reach that mindset, it becomes like a necessity. Okay, like I have to sell some houses, and you start doing actions that deliver those results. Um, so, so wait, me- I have a okay. question for you. Right, let's turn let's turn the interview around. So, yeah. your you became a realtor, right? You became a realtor because you want to sell real estate. That is correct. Yeah. I mean, originally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of the people I interview, this is technically an entrepreneurial podcast before I turned to real estate podcast, and yeah. everyone is. You know, said they were t- they were touching real estate in some type of way, 
Um, mm-hmm. So I really do investment properties. And then when my mentor told me I should get my license as well so I can make commissions off of buying those investment properties as well. Now that I'm diving more into, I kind of want to do this more full time and um, mm-hmm. take it as a career going in that direction. So that is um, joining a team, right? If I had it to do over again, mm-hmm. I would pick the best team out there and I would join them and I would learn every single thing, right? So that I could have a team myself. Now, I used to be afraid that people would come and try to steal my business, right? And, but over the years, I've gotten to like, I, like a totally different place to where most of the people have no desire actually to, to do what I do, right? And there's no, there's no one right way. No, I mean, I'm, I, I work a whole bunch. Don't, don't get me wrong. I have my own funny little work-life balance, which means I work all the time. And then every four or five weeks when I'm completely burnt out, I transfer my phone calls to one of the team and they step in and I go away and I recover. Like, and that's kind of worked for me, but, um, you know, I don't know. It's interesting because I, I, there are realtors that work only during the week and they don't work on the weekend at all. And I could never figure that out, but right. it, it does work for some people. Right. For you, if you really want to become a realtor, pick a team because then you get to stand on the shoulders of somebody who's already done it. And, you know, in my group, like you start out and if you need help, somebody shows up so you're not a tour guide because otherwise like it takes a lot longer to uh you know to be able to figure that out yeah it's all about short shortening the learning curve and getting there faster exactly right and so kind of like in your story what made you want to you know just not be a realtor and actually go out and start your own team with Caldwell um ooh nothing I kind of became a team um organically I just had, uh, I'm a people person, right? And I live in this area. Well, I live in a one square mile town and my entire business at the moment, although I am expanding, is really five miles. So I think I, my business grew, right? I have this database and because I went after them religiously and in, in, with multi-level marketing, you know, I, I had too many leads and I couldn't help everybody. So I needed help. And back then there weren't teams. So I hired an assistant and things grew. He did a lot for me and I grew my business and then he wanted to be a realtor. So he became my first agent and I got another assistant and then things grew and we were too busy. So we got another agent and another agent, and then another assistant. And so I just, and I literally took my girlfriends that uh, had been stay-at-home moms or didn't like what they did, and I said, you should be a realtor, even if they didn't want to be a realtor. I'm like, no, no, but you should be a realtor. So I got to work with these people like that I love, which is the, you know, I have a group of people that even though it's much bigger, I have a lot of people that I have serious long-term history with and right. we're like a bunch of middle-aged women 
and uh, and millennials, right? So it's it's and did I mention gay men? I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but for whatever reason, um, I have a super great urban, interesting, eclectic, uh, diverse group, and you know, and we have a nice market, right? And we bring our dogs to work, and um, yeah. So it's, it's a fun environment for sure. And yes. um, it's super interesting to me because I know definitely a lot of people are starting to focus more on teams as real estate is progressing like, towards the future. And obviously, I mean, a lot of people want what you have, which is like the number one team in New Jersey for Caldwell Bank, which is super impressive. And so from your experience, like, why do you think most people are unsuccessful or ultimately end up failing when they're trying to build their own team in real estate? So I, I think that a couple of things, first of all, they nobody tells you right when you go get your real estate license that it's expensive and you better have saved up a bunch of money because if you're not going to make a dime for the first eight months right like that's an individual agent like you join an office and as much as you can interview the offices you come in they don't give you leads Nobody likes you because you're, we're commission-based, so they don't want to help you. And then if you have a great office manager, maybe you stick around, right? But you had better have had a plan of how you were supporting yourself while you're learning, right? And then work ethic, you know? Like, I don't know. I've had a lot of uh, coaching years. For years, I've been coaching when I decided I was going to learn how to run a business because I'm I'm a salesperson, not a business person. And my first coach ever said that he had figured me out. I just outwork the other people, right? So it's like anything that you do well, you got to practice, right? So for me, I've been doing it for a long time. You know, I mean, it's like tennis. You got to practice over and over and over and over. And I think, you know, that that most people don't put the umph into it. Right. Also, they don't listen. Yeah. Well, the yeah. number one thing, if you're going to go, make sure that you listen. Yeah. And ju- just from like doing this podcast already with you, I can already tell like your worth ethic is insane. And just like you're talking about, like you're working for four or five weeks and then you take a little bit off and let, let your assistant handle some calls. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize how much work that really is. Like you're talking about weekends every single day, like, doing the same thing. And a lot of people I feel like don't go through that and don't experience that. And, you know, obviously ultimately, like maybe that's why they don't, it doesn't work out in the long run. Or they do the opposite. Like, I swear I have people that come and work with me and they're like, Oh, I never want to be you. (laughs) Right. My my kids, uh, my kids have, they grew up because I have four daughters and every car had a TV in the back and you'd see them with their headsets and mommy, Mommy just has to sell another house. So they're, uh, you know, it's been, it's been different at my, my oldest kid's college graduation. I think she said, if I see you answer one text, because every, like every dinner, whatever there is, I'm always like, just a minute. And, and if they're interrupting me, I'm like, I'm like, I don't have to do this. We could be poor. So, so it's been like, and, and I have great, strong, you know, successful children. I, a couple of them actually work with me now, 
which is which is nice. And when I listen to them on the phone, they sound exactly like me, which is interesting, right? <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, I mean, if you like it, though, I mean, it's the same in, in life, in whatever you do, if you pick right. something that you like, and you then it's not like you're you're having a job. Like I don't ever feel like I see people that don't want to go to work. I pop up and I'm excited. So that I think that makes a big difference with whatever you end up doing. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Like no matter what you do in order to be the top, you got to put in a lot of work for it. And um, you're a pretty good example of that. And so kind of like going back to your story, when you're building your team, obviously you started small, you grew bigger. Obviously, you had to put in some systems and process to kind of deal with like the new flow of leads that are coming in, your new agents, how to deal with the agents. So you kind of just like walk me through like what are some of those major processes and systems that you've had to put in over the years that have helped you kind of streamline your business? Ooh, so I used to have no idea, you know, like if you asked me how many deals I had in play, how much volume we were going to sell where all my leads were coming from. And I learned, you know, what, what you track and measure will increase. So I have, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what CRM, what, what place you're storing your database in, right? But I track everything, right? And I have things as automated as possible. And I have hired people smarter than me to do the things that I don't do well, which I think is very important if you're growing a business. Like everybody is not the best at everything. You, the, the other night I, I was trying to post something and I was putting together a collage for social media, right? I, I was determined and I wasn't going to go to sleep until I did it. But I'm the last person who should be doing that because I, I try to change the TV in the kitchen because I, I don't really watch TV. And I scream, Daisy, how do I turn the TV? It's got a fuzzy screen. I don't even have like literally technology is not where I live. I can don't get me wrong. I have made huge strides, but I have put, you know, an expert in every position. Right. I have a marketer. And I have an operations manager and I have a sales manager and I have somebody who answers all of my leads in 90 seconds. Right. And then I have somebody else who follows up on them and I have a stager and I have a transaction manager and I have put people in place that are good at their jobs so that I try to really do the things that I'm the best at. And I think the systems, like everything we have is a system and has a checklist, right? And ultimately, if you, if you break down your business into, into steps, right? The things that you can control because real estate is somewhat chaotic. And so you always have to be prepared that what's on your schedule, that could change, right? You have to stay on your schedule, but the other things that are being thrown at you while your schedule is, you still have to stay on your schedule, right? But somebody has to be getting the other things done. And, you know, and it's, it's a constant, uh, it's a constant state of adding things to the list. I live with like lists. I make them in the middle of the night. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, yeah, I, I'm the same way too, just like obviously on a smaller scale with what I do, but obviously like 
the lists are 100 like it's how i track my day how i do things it's like yeah and, and nobody can remember everything right so if right. if like when you when you're doing whatever you're doing a bunch of business if you if i don't make notations on people how will i remember them at this point i have sold so many people their homes that when i walk down the street i i am in a constant state of fear actually the masks were great except i said to my kids when i went out and i was wearing like ripped up shorts and i said nobody will know me and they looked at my hair they're like mom everyone can tell it's you but but the point is is that it's you work with so many people and so in order to remember things i every single person is in my database and i have notes made and they're put into you know an automated system i know when their home anniversary is and not like all of those things i stay connected right communication is super important and like i think that also knowing knowing where your business comes from people don't really think about that but it's you know you don't if you're going to do real estate, I'm not sitting here waiting for people to call me. Well, at this point, I'm sitting here waiting for people to call me. But <laughs> normally, you start, right, out. <laughs> you start out, nobody's calling you and you don't know anything. Right. And you got to get ahead of it. So you better have some strategy in how you're going to get business. And then, right. you know, and people are afraid, right, of of going after business. So it's, you start slowly, you pick three things you're going to focus on in order that where you're going to get your business from. And by that, I mean, in the early days, and I had only a few people, I made every team member join something, right? So uh, my, one of my assistants was the, on the running club in town. And I had one of my girlfriends was the head of the CCD. The other one was the president of the synagogue. Uh, we, I've been on the chamber of commerce. The, we all joined different things so that you have a different sphere, right? People work with people they trust. And you also, right, we have principles here. Like just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? So never doing anything wrong to anyone because it comes back to haunt you has kind of been... Um, what we have stood behind. And so from that, you get repeat business, but you have to kind of stay in touch with people and then track everything, right? Yes. I've been sending out mailings for 15 years. Every time I sell anything, I'm sending it out. It's like Chinese water torture. Oh, I think you're not allowed to say that anymore, but I don't mean it in any bad way. But the, the point is, is that I know how many of my deals came from my past clients? How many of my deals came from the mailings? How many of my deals came from open houses? And, and it go, the list goes on, but that way, if something's working, I can do more of it. If it's not working, I don't waste my time doing it. And I think that you kind of have to look at your business like that. And I don't know if I answered that question because I'm no. I, I think you did absolutely. I mean, to simplify things down, I think you're pretty much saying be good to other people and track everything that happens in your business. So, I mean, those are pretty. And, it, and also, another thing that people do is you get stuck on wanting things to be perfect, and so you so you do nothing, 
right? It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like something is better than I didn't do anything at all. And mm -hmm. like, and then each time you try to get better at it. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. And so, not to put you on the spot, but you said you were tracking your numbers. So, um, just out of curiosity, for people listening, like, how many agents do you have on your team, and what is your guys' predicted volume going to be for this year? So, you want to know a funny thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to tell you a funny thing. I think we have one second, thirty-five, thirty-five agents, and as I just said, you know how you hire people that are smarter than you, or people for different reasons, right? <laughs> one second, don't move. This is pretty funny. Usually I carry a piece of paper in my pocket, but at this particular yeah. moment, not. Uh, so what, well, how many deals will we do this year? How many deals? 415. And what's that volume look like? Oh 420 million. Okay. All right. That's all I really need. Thank you. <laughs> well, I have somebody sitting there looking at exactly what's going on. That way, right, I'm able to plan my budget, plan my marketing, right, pay my taxes, because that's the other thing they don't tell little realtors is you get the check and it's really exciting. And then you run out and you buy something, but you forgot that some of that money has to go for your taxes. So like, it's like a tough thing in the beginning. Realtors are, you know, kind of like this. I'm rich. I'm poor. I'm rich, but but I can't live like that. So right. Yeah, yeah. That is so funny. <laughs> For those that are just listening to the audio, she actually just called someone on her team and they gave her those numbers. So oh, <laughs> that is hilarious. No, that's that's so funny. Yeah. Well, he's actually sitting in the next room. And if you weren't <laughs> on the, this computer, I would have yelled his name and across. Right. But he's probably, I don't know, about 100 feet away on the other side of the building. He could have heard me, but it would have been loud and scared people. That is actually hilarious. But those are some pretty impressive numbers. <laughs> so congratulations for that. Well, it's not just me. I have I really do have a great team. Yeah, it and, seems um, like it. And a super good support staff. And we're always trying to get better and win. Yep. That's what it's all about. It starts with the team first. Absolutely. Right. Um, before we run out of time, I just have one more question for you. So kind of like looking at the future, a couple of years from now, a year from now, like what are some of your big goals you're going to accomplish like within your real estate business or personally, whatever you want to talk about? Um, so my in intention is uh, to end next year. I would like to have 100 agents. Um, and that's a big goal. And, you know, goals are if it's too easy, it's a plan, right? Uh, I would love if I could take three weeks off in a row. Or I'm not kidding. I want to go and wander around uh, Thailand and, uh, and Cambodia, Vietnam. And so three weeks for me disconnected, right? Because that's very tricky. You know, I, like I've gone, I travel a lot. But a, a lot of the time when I'm traveling, you have pictures of everybody and then I'm in the corner on the phone. So <laughs> I would like not to do that. Uh, I, what else would I like to do? You know, I mean, my, what's interesting is 
my goals for, for business change all the time. I'm at a point where I've been doing this for a long time and I have had several different careers in my life. So I think I might uh, build a building. Uh, like I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like I, 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 I have investment properties, like you said, that are interesting to you. And I think that um, I'll continue with that and my plan will get bigger. And my kids have multifamilies. Um, that way, if they don't have jobs, at least they have income and they can get out of my house. And right, I like these are my goals. Uh, I don't know. My goals are it, it, my kids are still ranging at the top 27 and my youngest is 19. So ultimately, uh, I want them to get on their feet and, you know, and have things that they love to do. And then, I don't know, I want to win. Ask me what I want to win. I don't know. Every single thing that I do, I don't do it for money. I do it because I love, like, I love competition. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a hustler mentality. And um, I'm sure that your kids will be able to get off their feet with you as their mom. So, I mean, that'll be super cool to see, like, how they you know, react to that. Kind well, of they're stuff. pretty competitive. Yeah. I, I went to dinner. Which I sat next to this guy who sat next to my uh, my number two kid who works with me. And at the end of the dinner, he leaned forward and he said, "I was talking to Phoebe, and uh, I asked her what her goals were. And look out, she's coming for you." <laughs> so that's yeah. funny. She yeah. wants to teach on her mom. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, those are some all like really great goals. I'm sure you're definitely going to be able to accomplish them for what you've done so far in the past. So that'll be super cool to see in the upcoming of years or next year, like you were talking about. Um, so before are we head you off, are you are you physically in New York City? In what? Where where are you licensed? So I'm actually in northeastern Pennsylvania. I go. It's a very rural area called Lancaster. North, northeastern was. Okay, so since I geography, um, I, I think I missed that year, but um, where is that in relation to Philly? Uh, I want to say we are south of Philly. And how long does it take you to drive there? Like two hours. Okay. Well, if you want me to find you a great team, I, uh, I will. Like if you really want to do the real estate thing, I'll find you whoever is doing the most business. I belong to a network of people that really are killing it and that's what you do you go yeah. and join a team and then you learn everything so that you're not trying to figure it out yourself yeah. well i appreciate that but the one guy in my podcast he also runs like the biggest team in alabama he actually recruited me to his team so i'm on his team oh are you on his team that is yeah. funny. Who yeah. is, who, who his, in name alabama? Is, his name is gusty Goulas. he's with exp but i really like well, him that's because you're in his downline Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know yeah, all about that. Thing. Thing. Exp calls me a lot. <laughs> I I would bet. Yeah, I I can imagine um, <laughs> with what you've done so far. That's very funny. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Yeah. So um, before we hop off, is there anything else you'd like to say? And if people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Um. So I'm I'm my numbers everywhere. Um. If you put my name in, it's all over the place. Um. <laughs> You want me to tell you it? I don't care. Up to you. Or, what, or you can email me. It's also pretty easy. It's jill at jillbiggsgroup.com. So mm -hmm. that's hard. But 
you, we're everywhere, you know, and, and I'm, I'm pretty accessible. I don't answer my own phone, however, just because it just never stops ringing. Uh, but if you send me a text message or an email, I'll call you back, you know, text messages. I see it's just, um, you know, and we're nice. My team is nice. I love it. All right, guys, there you have it. Jill Diggs, thank you so much for joining me today. It was nice meeting you. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing that we love is a one day.